0: It's episode 158 of the podcast we're calling Improv London. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Hannah McGowan. Hi. Uh, for historical purposes, I feel that we should record that we are in lockdown too, hopefully this is the last, it's not a whole series of lockdowns. Uh, future will be our witness. Um, how are you coping with the everything, that what is going on at the moment?
1: I'm okay. I'm okay, yeah. I think because this lockdown is half-hearted, I suppose I could say, compared to the first lockdown, um, it's a lot better. And my job as well is a key worker position. So um, I am able to get out of the house and you know work so that's been very good for me i suppose but yeah it's it's okay i'm okay that's the main thing
0: um but um you've got very special conditions in liverpool
1: oh god <laughs> yes so it's lockdown part 2 revenge of the lockdown and in liverpool it's uh lockdown part 2 revenge of the tier 3 uh which is what we are coming back into after lockdown i believe uh but we've also got um a mass testing at the moment as well which is quite good so i, I went for mine today which was uh, a journey right <laughs> i suppose i could say
0: okay i mean you've created some suspense <laughs> would you like to tell the listeners uh what the result was
1: Oh, I'm negative, which is good. Uh, Congratulations. But yeah, I'm a complete... Thank you very much. Thanks. I feel like I need a certificate. Um, <laughs> I did get a text. That's kind of like as much as you get in it, a text and an email, like, well done. You know, you're not infected. Um, yeah, no, I just did it for the sake of colleagues, customers, and obviously my family as well. My nan's still shielding. So just to be on the safe side, I, you know, I do care for man quite a lot as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm probably Mother Nature's biggest embarrassment. That's what I always say. Uh, when obviously the military have taken over in Liverpool, they've left Pontins or wherever it is they are, and they've come out into Liverpool. Um, and uh, it was this really attractive uh, guy from the military, and he basically told me mm. to stuff the sting in the back of my mouth and up in my nose. And it's like, yeah, and I was getting lost in his beautiful blue eyes with his lovely Welsh accent. And then the swab appeared, and that's where everything went downhill. Um, because I went from this relatively, you're doing really, really well, being quite, you know, talking to the sky, like, yeah. And then the swab went at the back of the throat, and my gag reflex kicked off, and, like, snot was pouring at my nose, and I had bloodshot eyes. I looked like that ghost from Ghostbusters. You know, the big green one?
2: Slimer. I looked
1: like that. Slimer. <laughs> I looked like Slimer. So very attractive. So I kind of just left in a, in an absolute mess, but there you go. Just story of my life. I
0: mean, it's a hard look <laughs> to pull off if we're entirely honest. I'm sure. I'm sure you did it very is. well. I'm sure you'll live on in his heart.
1: It's the new Swabbers look.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> um, you're doing lots of improv at the moment. Tell me about that. Yeah
1: quite a lot of improv. (laughs) Passes the time, you know. Uh, Yeah, so I'm part of uh, three improv groups. Uh, Boss Birds Improv, which is based in Liverpool, uh, as well as Extreme Improv, which is based in just outside London, Buckinghamshire, I believe. Um, And also Improv Chattanooga, which is in the US. So I'm part of all three of those groups. Doing different shows at different times in different time zones which is not confusing whatsoever (laughs) um i'm 26 right i like telling this story because it just shows what kind of person i am if the first story didn't already give you a clue um (laughs) i'm 26 i did not know that there were different time zones across america until about four or five months ago and all this time i'm thinking like why are they not like why are they saying it's seven o'clock and then it's like Nine over here. It makes absolutely no sense. And then my friend who's from America was like, yeah, there's like 50 certain states and like, there's like so many different time zones and you can literally cross one time zone into another time zone and the time changes like by five hours. My mind just exploded genuinely. Like, I thought they were all on the same time as us. I was thinking it's the UK thing. It's like everyone's in the same time. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's still, it still freaks me out. I'm going to be honest, like did other states in America find out about Biden at different times? That's like a scattered celebration. It's weird.
0: I mean, time, it's a very, it's a very confusing thing and uh, it's only recently, yeah, doing online improv, um, that I have really had to consider um, this, but yes, it's super confusing. So, yeah. So you mentioned, uh, first one you mentioned were boss birds. Tell me about boss birds. Mm.
1: So Boss Birds is an all-women uh, improv group in Liverpool in the UK. Um, we So I was the newest Boss Birds. I came along, uh, there was five of them, and then there was six, a super, super six. Um, I came along uh, around August time and joined the group, which was amazing. And now we have a new member as well, and she's just joined quite recently. Um, and she's from Newcastle, I think, uh, but she's brilliant as well. So this is a super seven now, uh, but we we basically, as, as a group, we've not done as much, I think, obviously, because of lockdown and COVID and restrictions and so on. So keeping it safe and being respectful to each other, we've not done a lot, but we have done uh, random little jams as a group online, privately on Zoom. We've also got a world of women, uh, women in improv, basically, um, that you can find through Boss Beds Improv. And it basically, we are encouraging women, in improv whether they're new old or just in the middle or lost in time somewhere in america (laughs) to basically come along and be part of this jam um and we do bits of short form we do bits of long form and it's a encouragement basically to just come along and be involved and share what you've got and yeah progress with other women which is so important improv was started by two women so true true story mm. as well so uh it's weird that there aren't a lot of women in improv compared to men but we're not obviously we're not fighting feminists gonna hang ourselves to fish tanks or whatever like you know i don't know why i said fish tanks but there you go um but you know we are a lot like you know women in improv is important and we need to get that message out there so that's what we do is it? at the moment anyway hopefully we'll jam at some point but don't know when
0: that will be mm. <laughs> and um what's the um what's the kind of the, the format So, sort of, what's the sort of style of boss birds? what sort of improv are we talking
1: oh so it's kind of anything and everything really, just whatever we feel like I think there's no set structure we do a lot of long form we do a lot of short form I think everyone has an expansive is that a word expansive it is now um we all have a lot of uh, experience in different forms so I've done a lot more short form than I've done long form but I started in long form um which is a bit of a weird jump goat in a tree moment that is bit of juxtaposition um whereas I know some of the other girls are really like long form based so we all bring something new to the group and I think that's what's great and I mean I've only been in the group for like a couple of months now three or four months Hmm. and it feels like i've been in the group for years it's so (laughs) it's such a lovely group it really is
0: fantastic fantastic and um you're also involved with extreme i've written this down because this is hard to say extreme improv extreme team championship tell me what that is
1: (laughs) yeah so extreme improv itself uh you can find on youtube facebook uh twitch twitter uh it covers a lot it's quite a big platform of improv it's short form based and it's uh led by a a quite remarkable uh guy called david postansky um who in i think a lot of our eyes is an absolute legend because he has really given us the opportunity to perform and do shows and be part of something that is, I think bigger than all of us. And we all know that. Um, So he basically set up extreme improv. It was in person. And then it came online, obviously again, because of the world we live in. Um, And we do shows, we do short form improv shows every Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and it's extreme improv shows and then on a Friday there is a uh, Revenge of the Werewolf which is a long form uh, murder mystery styled show. Um, At the moment we are currently doing, I don't even think we're halfway I think we're halfway now, Um, we're doing the uh, extreme team championships which is, we're all put in different teams Um, so I'm part of the jesters along with um, a truly remarkable group of improvisers one of which ashley edwards he won the last championships we did which was um the individual championships i was a finalist so um to have a a winner and a finalist in our group and then obviously all these other amazing three other amazing improvisers who are literally just like up there with the living legends of improvisers and our teams, I think, is quite amazing. So we are in the semi-finals, which is tomorrow night, um, at 8 p.m. UK time.
0: So that will have happened. I don't know the other times. It would have happened by the time this goes out. So um...
1: yes, it would have happened. So if we're, you know, past if we're uh, in the final,
0: <laughs>
2: I don't know what
1: day that is. Which is great um uh, but yeah so uh in the jesters um which is great and then obviously after this there are there's loads of other people part of it as well we have like visiting um companies who are doing like their own shows um and teachers who are jumping on and teaching uh which you can book onto and comedians and th- there's so many people involved with it it's, it is extreme it's literally extreme <laughs> um but we are all completely immersed in it and we all completely love it. I have so much love for it myself. Um, It really saved me during the first lockdown, if I'm completely honest with you. Mm. Um, I lost my job in the first lockdown and obviously things got a little bit crazy and a little bit sad and gloomy and then Extreme came along and it was a bit like oh my god, this is amazing, you know. So away from the weird, awkward world that we were living in at that point, I was kind of saved by Extreme and by Boss Birds, but Extreme with the shows and so on and so forth.
0: Wow! So um, you're doing uh, doing short form, and um, presumably there are different games. What sort of games? What sort of games do you enjoy playing? What sort of games have you played? What's your favourite?
1: I'm going to give a plug here. (laughs) I hope he hears this, otherwise it's a waste of time. David Piscanstri, the guy in charge of Extreme Improv. He has a book, uh, the big book of extreme games, basically all the games that you can get on Amazon. Um, I I should point out that Hannah
0: was holding the book up to the camera though, which was a really, I mean, (laughs) I I really, that was a really professional, (laughs) lovely touch, but I was aware that I was the only person getting the benefit of that. (laughs)
1: And then I suddenly realised you were the only person getting the benefit of that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's was, it was quite a good little flashy moment. I should be on an advert.
2: <laughs>
1: the big book of improv coming to you from Amazon. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so, so it's a game. But I love games like Questions Only. Um, I say I don't like it, but I actually do one word syllable. I quite like that game. What's that? Um, I
0: don't think I know
1: that. Oh, ooh, that. so that is um, a game where you can only talk in words that are made up of one word syllables so you can't say hello but you could say hi can't say dave but you could, you can't say david but you could say dave you know so you've got to basically make a sentence up of one word syllables
0: ooh right okay
1: i used to be rubbish at it i still am rubbish at it but i like the fact i'm rubbish at it because every time the game comes along everyone automatically looks at me for the eye roll and i've stopped doing that now because i'm <laughs> like actually i won the last two so <laughs> <laughs> um, new choice is a good game I love I new it. choice, I think new um, choice I anything think... where you have to kind of think on your feet I love them
0: I think new choice is um, probably just... my favourite short form game I just like the way in yeah. which you have to play it properly, you have to be played hmm. confidently and assertively the person demanding the new choice I find yeah, slow to start with, let them establish a little bit of a base reality, but then it's fun just poking the improvisers and getting them to surprise themselves and you know delight themselves and delight the audience with stuff that they come out with. So played well, I think New Choice is probably my favourite short-form game.
1: Yeah. We have other games that are more like impressions-based, so like one-minute remake where we take a suggestion from the audience. The audience itself is part of the show, so there's a comments box um, that people can put suggestions in. I love more than anything, I think probably the best bit of the show is seeing what our audience comes up with. I think that's an improviser's love though because it's like, what are you going to do next? Right? Um So for example, in our quarter, I had to do the film Eight Miles and basically get the whole film in uh, one minute. I didn't know what Eight Miles was and obviously I'm not going to sit there and go, I don't know what it is. But it's an Eminem documentary, apparently.
0: Eight yeah, Miles, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: thought it was a film with Bruce Willis in it. So... I was thinking of the whole nine yards, so I started doing the whole nine yards. But in a Bruce Willis walking down a road which was eight miles, shooting random things that like come along, buying sunglasses and having a pint, that was basically it. <laughs> and it's when things go wrong like that, it's great. I love it when things go wrong because you can just sit in it and just enjoy the moment. And
0: also for the audience that's just a delightful thing as long as they're not worried about you as long as you're just doing it confidently i'm like because the the audience will have that dawning realization it's like yeah they don't actually know what happens in it. No, miles, i mean they? I, never say, I, don't so, yeah, I never say i don't know it i never say
1: like oh i don't know that one
0: oh, yeah, yeah, i yeah. kind of just do
1: it and hope for the best <laughs> as it goes along then you can kind of see the other improvisers yeah, like, thinking like that's not the movie that's not that's where it starts getting funny i think when people say <laughs> like when people obviously you have to yes and everything in improv to an extent um but when you just go along with it and you're like yeah i know what that is yeah and then you do it and it's the complete opposite it's like a oh <laughs> kind of moment it's like mm, let's just let her do it because you know <laughs> but it, it's fair to say i don't know what eight miles is so there you go um there's a game where we have to basically do like an impressions royale, which is like we get a, a, a celebrity of some sort or a person from history and something they are doing. So it could be for Freddie Mercury washing his feet or, you know, the, the queen getting a German shepherd or, you know, something like that. So not those lines. I think my first, my best one was, um, not one that I did, but it was one that I really loved, was Engelbert hunkerdink, if that's how you pronounce his name.
0: Engelbert Hunkerdink, but yes, we, we, we knew who you were talking about, yeah.
1: He was buying a washing machine and I just loved it. It was such a great, it was such a great, uh, the improviser did, it, it was great. And uh, I have to shout it out, but Dave Green, who's a great improviser, he um, did uh, an improvised version of, what's the robot from Star Wars called? Not Ardu T two, the other one. C three P O. He did C three P O with a cocaine addiction.
0: <laughs> it was the
1: funniest. I had to put myself a new because I was laughing so much, and then he fell off my chair.
0: Cool, 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 cool. Um, and tell me about and tell me about Improv Chattanooga. Uh, what have you been doing with them?
1: Yeah, did a sh- first So I'm on the international team with Improv Chattanooga, which is based in uh, Tennessee in the US. Oh, the US um, and uh, they are a basically an amazing group of improvisers who were all together in, in America but mainly in Tennessee uh, led by the co-founder Diz or Stephen Dizrow uh, but we call him Diz who is again another legend in my eyes um, and we the first uh, show I did with them uh, as part of their international team was October Surprise which was basically a political um, show had nothing to do with American politics, whatsoever. Uh, it was just about a politician who was running again to be the next um, president, but he had a certain way of doing things that was very, uh, not PC, should we say. Like, he wanted all women to be virgins and he wanted, um, men to rule the world, and he was being led by the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, and, um, he thought he conquered COVID and he hadn't, and he's focused on natural disasters. And uh, his wife, uh, the first lady was just obsessed with being perfectly woman and not in a very feminist way. It was just like women should know their place and wear pink. Um, And obviously for my character as the daughter, I was very against that. Um, So, um, so yes, that was, that was, Basically, that was that show, because in the end, there was a god that turned up. Mother Nature turned up. The brother, Bernard, my uh, the brother character in Petunia, the girl. Bernard uh, had a massive drug addiction and was seeing dragons and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then Petunia wanted to basically be noticed by her father, didn't want to be seen as just a woman, wanted to be as powerful as a man. Um made friends with uh, Mother Nature, as you do. Um, thanked her for being a woman. Not so much those times a month, but there you go, still within that area. Um, and then she had a love interest in a security guard called John John Jr., who kept getting killed off and then brought back again. And it went on. And it was uh, a good month's worth of a show, <laughs> 1 a.m. till 2 a.m., uh, 2.30 a.m. over here, every Friday night. And... Um, And it ended that everyone died apart from Petunia and her love interest. So that was nice to be at the end not undead.
0: So it was the same story, but split over various weeks? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so
1: over over every Friday, over the course of October, it finished on Halloween, actually. Um, So I think they've got another one that's happening at the moment. I don't think it's so much a show. It's more of just showing a show instead of like a continuational type thing that we've just done. Uh, but they are great. And I mean, one thing that I love is being able to reach out to people. And I think that's the only good thing that COVID has brought for improvisers that we're able to connect with people and network with people further afield. I mean, I never thought that I'd be talking to anyone in America, you know, and or, or Mumbai or, you know, anywhere else in the world, Italy, France, Germany, it's... Uh, it's as a bajan, you know, it's so strange to be able to talk to people and you're in your own room. Like I'm in my own room now talking to you, you're in London. And it's just like, you feel like you're in my room with me. It's so surreal. Um, so yeah, being able to branch out like that, especially across the pond, it's is, is been quite amazing.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's That has been a great thing. Just having the chance to learn from and improvise with people from around the world. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah that, that that has been a real highlight. Um just going back a little bit to because I'm really fascinated by the idea of improv um that sticks with the same characters over a period of time because I love I love creating characters in the moment this is all great um but sometimes I'm sad that we won't see more of those characters. So when you were doing the same characters over a, a period of time was there a different approach to that? Did you have to remind yourself what had happened previously. Um, then I'm just interested in that experience.
1: Yeah. Um, so at the beginning, obviously with any improv show, you kind of just finding out your characters. Um, we'd source them out quite quickly. I mean, I knew I was going to be playing all of the president's children. Um, how many was completely up to me. I Originally I had eight children that I wanted to play. And then when it came and had all different names and ways they were going to be and what they were interested in and basically just, you know, quirks and personalities. Um, and then when it came down to it, I was like, I can only do two. And that wasn't a choice that I wanted to make, but it was just the choice that I knew was going to fit in better with the show because of obviously the other characters that were there. I mean, I was the only one multi-rolling, um, the only one multi-rolling, but there were characters that had predominant leading parts and my characters would just fit in and around that. And then as the show went on, one of my characters would become more predominant than the other. And that was Petunia versus Bernard, basically. Um, So it was easier to work too. So over the process of every single show, we'd have mini rehearsals, you know, where we could more just talk about what's happened and where it could move and we had a a scene list before the show and it wasn't like a script where it'd be like this scene and this happens in this scene it was just like a title and who's in it and then it would just be up to us to do the rest because it's improv um so in terms of character development it kind of just developed every time we were doing the show and every time someone would lead something somewhere else, sometimes into really random places that we just loved.
2: Hmm. You
1: know, um, a conspiracy theorist going out with a god. I mean, all right then. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> yeah. That
0: sounds super cool. So tell me about, uh, tell me your improv origins story. How did you get into improv in the first place?
1: Um. So... It kind of came through acting, really, as I think it does with many people. Being acting since I was quite young. I think I was about 10 or 11 when I started acting. Um, and I went to a performing art school outside of secondary school, outside of high school, sorry. Um, I did little groups before that when I was younger, younger. Then I went to an art school. Then I went to college. And was I was at college on my first year, I joined... Um, a very well-known youth theatre in Liverpool, the Everyman Youth Theatre. Um, when I joined, um, it was the Everyman and Playhouse company. Um, the Everyman and Playhouse are two different theatres in Liverpool, but they're one company One Creative Heart, I think is the slogan. Um, So they basically had the Young Everyman and Playhouse, but the Everyman Theatre were being knocked down and it was being rebuilt. And so whilst that was being rebuilt, there was a new initiative, which was this new youth theatre that would allow young people to stretch their wings across different strands of um, theatre and not just acting. Um, So when I joined them, I actually joined on a communications um, strand, which linked in quite well to be in front of house in my first ever proper job, uh, part-time, at the theatres an usher, so that kind of helped to have the communicating and uh, networking and uh, promotional side of everything. And then as time went on, and the YEP, as it's known, Young Government Playhouse, when that became the forefront and more important and the strands were developed, I was able to jump onto the actors, leave the communicators um, and carried on with them. So, as well as obviously carrying on with college, the Young Government Playhouse was where I really kind of found my feet. Started improv in college with a, a really great teacher who um, I think we all thought he was a little bit crazy, and he actually was, but he was just brilliant um, uh, Tim Linsky. What was his name? Um, and he was just amazing at improv. And I did uh, my final major performances with him as director. Um, Matt Rutter, who was the uh, director of Young Everman Playhouse, he was actually one of my first teachers at college as well, and he moved to be the director of YEP. Um, and they had a company called Big Wow, um, Big Wow Theatre Company, and they were devised, but obviously improv somewhere they're starting out, I suppose, and... Um, and so I was quite inspired by them both, if I'm honest with you, quite inspired by the way they worked, and obviously working with both of them in different settings, college and in rehearsal rooms with um the youth theatre. And so improv kind of came through there. But when I when I started improv, I didn't like it, <laughs> if I'm completely it's honest truth. Um because I'd been used to structure up until to that point where it was all about scripted stuff. And this is the way you do this. And it's very Meisner and Stanislaski and, you know, so on and so forth, to Hagen and, and, you know, uh, Berecht, everything like this. Um, and then we got to improv, it was just like, yeah, anything goes. And it was like, what what, what do you mean anything goes? Like, what's that mean? Like, yeah, you can just literally go on stage and do anything by suggestion. No, but what does that mean? Because are you t- is it scripted? No, it's not scripted. What? Like, ah, mind blown moment again. Um, so then I was kind of, as I got used to it and as I got into it, I suddenly found my voice in it. It was that light bulb moment that people talk about. And it was, um, I got brought into a show um, very randomly that was happening um, somewhere else, not in college or youth theater. And um, I did this show and it was a short form show and I absolutely loved it. And after that, I was like, you know what? I know you've got to do some kind of acting for improv, but if I just stuck with improv, I think I'd be perfectly happy. (laughs) Um, And me as a person, I don't know if you can guess, I'm a bit weird, bit out there. um, It works doing improv. I I can be myself and all these little characters I have running around my head have somewhere to belong. Which is quite nice. It's like a massive ultra house party for my many alter egos.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so that was where it kind of came from. And then um, I tried to do as much of it as could freelance after the youth theatre. Um, it became full time during lockdown. And that was that was the great thing because COVID opened doors that wouldn't open any other time. Um, so it became more full full time for me during lockdown and up to this point. So yeah, that's that's kind of it, really.
0: Fantastic. And um, tell me about uh, improv and mental health.
1: Ah, okay. So um, through extreme improv, like I mentioned before, spoke about briefly. <laughs> <laughs> um, they do a section called um, improv and me, um, which is not about me, but it's basically about mental health the ME in mental health. Um, and we basically, there's a very small panel and we just talk about, we have um, mental health experts who are on there and they have drama connections and so on. And we just talk about how drama, how acting, how improv can really improve people's mental health or state of being. It's an opportunity to find confidence in, And it's an opportunity to be able to delve into something that you wouldn't do, do anyway. I have really found the benefits of improv myself for different reasons. And so when I'm, when I'm able to, um, you know, have a moment of talking on improv and me, I'm able to really say, you know, mental health is so important, and it needs to be taken seriously, especially within the world that we're living in today. It's, even more than ever it's always been important but more than ever it's so important now And so many people are struggling and they need to be you know thought about and helped and understood um i'm i'm in the world of improv and um performing arts i'm quite open about this but anywhere else i'm not i've actually got minor aspergers myself and so Um, You wouldn't know that unless I told you. Apparently, it's not a very obvious thing. But um, I was only diagnosed with it at the start of lockdown. So I'm still quite new with it. Although I've known about it for a while. Me, myself, knowing that I'm a bit bit different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hello. Um, The full diagnosis only came at the start of lockdown. So for me, I've really found more help doing improv with my Asperger's than I have if I was to get counselling or something like that. So... Improv can work to help mental health. Mm. It's a bit like a fishbowl, that's the way I think of it. People who need to relax are told to get fish because apparently watching them is quite relaxing. Yeah. I always think improv, although improv I wouldn't say is relaxing to watch, but there's just something about it that is quite interesting and just take your mind off stuff and mm. you can really get involved.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to insert my usual disclaimer, Improv can be therapeutic, but improv is not therapy. If you need therapy, no. please seek out therapy and get help. Um, uh, but yes, but yes <laughs> it was, um, I, it's a bit of a—it's
1: a very true disclaimer. <laughs> that.
0: I mean, it's, it's very yeah, true. I mean, yes, I think I think yes. There are there are many beneficial therapeutic qualities to improv, but it is no uh, replacement. For you know anyway no Um,
1: No, there are professionals there that are professionals in the NHS and the health service who are there to help you you know reach out to them don't be afraid to do it that's their job do you know what I mean it's not you're not a burden please don't think you're a burden you're not a burden seek help if you need it but for some people like for myself I found improv was more helpful than what I could get anywhere else no it's not a therapy not at all but it's something that was able to help me instead of what could have possibly be given to me Mm, each to their own you know yeah
0: yeah I mean you know people will know best um what works for them but um yes uh fantastic and um okay so um if someone was to step on stage of you a virtual Mm -hmm. stage or a real stage we can remember what the real stage is um, what could they do to delight you? <laughs> what's that? What is a real stage? Doesn't what is it? Doesn't tell matter. me. Doesn't
2: oh, okay.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Happened in yeah. the before times. <laughs> um, uh, what could someone do? What could they do to delight you?
1: To delight me mm-hmm. in a in an improv scene.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, or is it improv what's scene, the good question? Improv game, in an improv performance, or workshop actually, just improv in general.
1: Um. I mean, I'm I'm just generally delighted anyway, just in everyday life. <laughs> um, I I think for for me personally, it's just having a partner that you can just go on a journey with. I think that's the delight, you know, being able to work with someone and just say, "Hey, where are we going?" Great, let's go together because that's what improv is about. It's about that journey. It's about that little, it's about that little hobbit in us all who wants to go on an adventure. Um, I've spoken about those things quite a lot (laughs) I've just finished watching the trilogy that's what's happening Uh, Um, yeah it's the thing Um, but yeah just to go on a journey with someone is a delight and just to you know play with someone who is willing to be weird and then go weirder to the point where it is so weird that it becomes normal (laughs) Um, I think that for me is a a sheer delight. And I mean, I I love doing There's something on improv at the moment called 10 Minutes With. Um, It's basically 10 minutes with another improviser. um, And I've done a few of them and I absolutely love it. I think my favourite, well, they're all amazing. I can't really pick a favourite, but my favourite would be one that I did with... (laughs) an improviser uh, director over in the US called Jay Suko again who is an ultra legend there's quite a few legends in my book Um, (laughs) we did a he is not afraid to just go with it and I think that's what I love about him Um, and he knows how I work as much as I know about him now because we've worked together before quite a lot and done workshops together and so on and so forth and we basically did um, a 10 minutes with about dogs that was the gesture and just about dogs and I actually asked him if I could stiff his butt and told a story about and he was like yeah totally and we just like both of us were just backing up into our camera screens and going for it and then I told a story about how why dogs sniff each other's bums and you know he (laughs) I don't know where that story came from um I feel like I have to tell you the story now because otherwise it's not gonna like (laughs)
0: settle settle back (laughs) children Uh, and it's gonna tell us us a story go on then
1: yeah so are you sitting comfortably (laughs) I will begin um a long time ago my granddad told me this by the way just big heads up um a long time ago in ancient dog world that set it in greece uh, all the dogs went to a big party and they took their underwear off uh as you do and then there was a fire and they all panicked and they all ran out and grabbed the wrong underwear so now whenever dogs are sniffing each other's behinds, it's because they're looking for their boxes that's basically what my granddad told me and i genuinely believed it for quite some time i'm now 26 and i only stopped believing in it two days ago so <laughs> um yeah. so so yeah but that th- it was just really really random and i just loved how random it was and at the end we have a little chat and it's still you know still live and he was just like you know when you can be with someone who's not afraid to say something and it just has the confidence to say it that's 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 improv generally where you can just literally say Anything and yes, and it and go with it and make something rather random and weird, weirder, weirdest, normal.
2: You
0: know. <laughs> That's a lovely, lovely trajectory. Okay, yeah. b- big, uh, big final question, big, big, uh, big question, no pressure. Um, oh, yeah, I just remember a lot of questioners. Um, so. Um... <laughs> it's
1: going so well. <laughs>
0: I've only done the 158 of these. Um, so, oh, wow. uh, what what is your signature move? What is the thing that saves the day, brings down the house reliably, uh, brings everyone to their knees, that has everyone going, classic Hannah?
2: <laughs> I have
1: a
0: few of them. <laughs> well, tell me them all.
1: Oh, oh, how long have you got? Um... That's a good question. I don't actually know the answer, if I'm honest with you. It's just being in the moment. Is that an answer? If you being like. in the moment. Being in the moment, I think that would be for me, just living in the moment, just enjoying what you have when you have it, and trying to explore more. I have a way of getting away with absolute murder. I'm very forgetful. Um uh, sometimes that works, especially during games like 99 blanks, 99. 99 butchers walk into a bar. The barman says, we can't serve you here. The butchers say, why? And the barman says, because you cut up the orders. Something like that. Buh-bub, bad joke. Something like that. But I have a habit of forgetting what people are walking into the bar. So I'll be like, 99... Mm. And like you can see everyone being like, bankers. <laughs> oh, bankers. And by that point, I've forgotten what the joke was. So it's like, oh never mind so yeah I'm awfully forgetful but uh, no I think for me classic Hannah would just be being random and living in the moment and going with it being surreal yeah anything weird Hannah is weird classic Hannah is weird there you go <laughs> we got there eventually
0: yeah exactly People <laughs> it took a little oh, bit of a roundabout People often go, I, I don't think I've got a signature move and I just sit here and I just wait quietly and then they always tell me. And it always, it's always worked yeah. so far and it's worked again today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm happy you said signature move because signature move is a lot different to party trick in my eyes. And my party trick is,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> couldn't possibly say it. Well, we'll leave that one. We'll leave that an enigma. <laughs> yeah, leave that leave, one there. Leave,
1: leave uh, it in there. Uh... Keep,
0: keep the mystery alive. Um so That's the only thing the uh, the other thing I have to say is thank you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And, uh, you know, this is probably the weirdest podcast that you've had so far, because my head is just on cloud 225 at the moment. So, yeah, thanks for listening to me talk goop. It's been great.
2: I made this. That's improv! (laughs)